hey bitches hey bitches welcome back <laughs> this is actually i got my shit together today this is episode 20 oh look at you <laughs> i know and 20 episodes 20 look at us go the big two zero the big two zero that's my current age same <laughs> i'm panicking should i do it uh, well when this comes out when does this come out the day before <laughs> nah this is yeah. sam's birthday episode oh happy the- 30th i mean 20th <laughs> i can tell everybody that i'm gonna start lying this year so if <laughs> if you want to steal that you can i'm going to <laughs> i'll be like 27 for a few more years yeah which is completely fine yeah when, absolutely when, when we first got on our zoom me and sam have this thing that we do where when we see each other we just have a completely blank deadpan expression and we shrug and we both got on this zoom meeting and we did that and then we had like a 10 minute laughing fit over it (laughs) why i don't know dumbest thing i've ever done and then we got into a conversation that we wanted to share with all of our listeners (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know how we got there i i don't oh you were talking about talon Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he's at that like he's at that awkward age where I was dreading. As soon as I found out I was pregnant with a boy, I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna have to go through that stage where he just like is like annoying for no reason. Yes, and it's here. It's here. Would die for him. Would do anything for him. I want to fight him so bad right now. Would also punch him in the head. Yes. And then, so we were talking about, like, middle school slash, like, freshman high school boy, freshman, sophomore high school boys. And I don't know if anybody else's school did this, but our schools did this, where, like, dipping, like, chewing tobacco or whatever, I don't know if everybody calls it the same thing, but um, was, like, such a huge thing with, like, 12-year-olds. Yes, um, they all, I know... So we both went to like super rural schools. I think our graduating class, or at least mine was like 80, maybe 87-ish. Yeah, mine was in the 90s, I believe. Um, The boys like to call it chaw. Chaw, yeah. <laughs> so stupid. I'm just going to cringe. Oh, I'm cringing so hard reliving all of this. I have PTSD from it. Yeah, and I have a brother that's three years younger than me, so I had to see this at school and at home but they all of the little middle school boys did the thing where I don't know how to describe it without doing it but they it's like the motion of like packing like a dip can and they like flick their finger and it makes like a snapping noise Sam's trying to do it but I couldn't hear it oh (laughs) but yeah it's so annoying and I don't remember how but I just randomly like got that image in my head the other day and my fight or flight was activated and it's really unfortunate because me and my brother i have a twin i don't know if that is public knowledge to the podcast but now me and my is. brother were eight minutes apart so him and all his friends every time they would come over it would just amplify yeah and i would want to be dead yeah they would all there'd be like five teenage boys doing that and then just they all smelled they all yeah 
they all smelled they well it was either bo or axe body spray it was always axe it was always axe pick your poison yep and then we were talking about other things that teen young teenage boys did and we were trying to think of the name what what did you say they said something and then they oh redneck and they smacked yeah, each other oh, yeah. in the neck they would just like if somebody was like resting their head on their desk or like the lunch table yeah you would just hear redneck just it's somebody at the top of somebody's lungs and you just hear this god-awful smack and they'd go up and smack the back of the, somebody's neck yeah and then there was one that I remember the kids at my school did but I don't remember what it was called they would say something I want to say it was like not cornhole but something stupid like that and then they would like <laughs> stick their fingers up their friend's butt like what are you doing you and all that- are 11 <laughs> like stop yeah, yeah it was it was a really good time <laughs> so glad Maybe, to be reliving it yeah I'm glad that's probably like half the reason why maybe not half but like that definitely had an impact on us yeah why i'm medicated (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah definitely definitely had an effect on us to say the least we're not low dose girlies yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) happy 20th birthday sam thank you so welcome yeah i would throw up about it if i were you (laughs) i forget Uh, who i was Oh, I think I was talking to Felicia the other day and we were talking about somebody and I was like, oh, I think he's like my age. And she was like, yes, I thought he was like 30. And I'm like, whoa, slow down. Slow down. I'm not like 30. I can't wait to legally drink next year, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a teenage girl. (laughs) I am not like 30. Stay in your lane. Grady loves to tell me I'm 30, too. I know. I hate him. He's like, sorry. Sorry, we're not in our mid-30s yet, Grady. Yeah, sorry, I'm not middle-aged yet, Grady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I'm going to throw up. (laughs) No, I don't think I told you this, but the other night I got home from work, and I was getting ready to get in the shower, and I, like, happened to glance in the mirror, and I, like, I was like, oh, look at this random blonde hair. (gasps) Is that your first gray? It was my first gray hair. Oh, my God. (laughs) your first gray hair a week before your birthday I was like why is this why is this blonde hair just hanging out yeah did you like wait wait a minute I dyed my hair oh I said I'm I'm not naturally blonde I'm not naturally bleach blonde I'm not naturally platinum hmm this is a little suspicious it's like that tiktok Ariana what are you doing here (laughs) (laughs) and then you start crying yeah just stood in the shower and let the hot water just just at least for a while at least it waited a long time i literally literally found my first grade when i was 21 years old so seriously yeah so if i would if i were to not dye my hair and just let it grow out i'd probably be a good bit of gray at this point we love a salt and pepper look yeah that's that's me salt and pepper I'm sad now. Yeah, same. All right. Well, that was today's episode. <laughs> Logging off now. Bye, everybody, if you're still this, here. This was just strictly crime yeah, episode. Definitely a crime. Speaking, you're going first, right? Speaking of crime. 
<laughs> but <laughs> like my anyway, little segue i do so clever <laughs> so um i so we're going international today for my okay. story love. we're going to england love east sussex england to be specific it probably gets more specific than that but i don't understand how other countries do like they're like states and cities or whatever um, like what yeah. we have anyway that's what i found east sussex england don't yell at me if that offends you if i didn't say something right just to preface <laughs> <laughs> and then also i just want to say um a lot of my info comes from the case file podcast do you listen to them i do okay i haven't prior to this um but their episode 241, they do a really deep dive into this case. So a lot of the info I got is from that. So if you want a super deep dive, go listen to Case File, episode 241. They're really thorough. Unlike me. So <laughs> my story today is the murders of Nicola and Harry Fuller. Have you ever heard of this? I believe so. Okay. you Maybe. You might. I hadn't until i heard it on another podcast but i don't know how popular it is so let's get into it nicola so nicola was born nicola johnson she then gets married and becomes nicola nicola fuller so i'm just going to refer to her as nicola fuller the rest okay. of the story basically um she was 27 years old she was born to her parents barbara and michael johnson um she was very quiet and reserved um and liked to lay lay low and not be in the spotlight but people around her said, like, once you get to know her, she really came out of her shell and was, like, a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. She was introduced to Harry Fuller. Spoiler alert, they end up getting married. Ooh. <laughs> In June of 1992. Neither of us were born yet. No. Not yet. Um, He was 18 years older than her. He was 45 years old. Um, he was seemingly the polar opposite of Nicola. He was very much an extrovert, extrovert, a social butterfly. Um, people described him as being like louder than life, funny, et cetera, et cetera. He was a car dealer, so he would like buy and flip cars essentially. Mm -hmm. So he was really good at talking to people. For sales, you obviously have to be good at talking to people. Right. They immediately hit it off and had like a whirlwind romance. Oh, I love that. I know. So Harry, like I said, he was a car dealer. He had a Rolls Royce and a Range Rover. He loved showing off all his nice things and just, quote unquote, flaunting his money in like kind of yeah sort of way. Nicola, like I said, kind of just wanted to fly under the radar. She wasn't really one to show off, but they were the perfect complement to each other. It worked out really well for him or for them. He helped bring Nicola out of her shell and they were really happy together. So two months after meeting, they got engaged. They ended up having a small, modest wedding, like a courthouse situation. And then when they got married, they had their marriage blessed by a reverend. So then, so at first, Barbara and Michael, who were Nicholas' parents, they were kind of concerned with how fast their relationship progressed. But ultimately, Harry treated Nicola really well. She was really happy. So they accepted him basically with open arms. So now we're going to get to the the actual story so wednesday february 10th 1993 barbara who is nicola's mom she calls her daughter nicola fuller's home phone so it's 1993 people don't really have cell phones yet some people do but 
it's still home phones um so she calls her home their home and she gets the busy signal she waits a few minutes and she tries again still busy barbara and nicola were really close and spoke pretty much every day so barbara was starting to get a little concerned since she hadn't heard from nicola since sunday and it's wednesday at this point mm-hmm. around 9 15 barbara tries nicola's work number but barbara was told nicola did not show up for work Ooh, yeah barbara knew something was wrong nicola's phone just kept ringing busy all day so barbara and michael decided to stop by and check up on her so nicola and her husband harry like i said they were newlyweds they had only been married for five months at this point and they had recently rented a little cottage together which was close to like a retail area like a strip of sorts with like a few Mm -hmm. shops on it and behind their home there was a parking lot for the adjacent stores and both of their cars were there when the police or i'm sorry when the um hi sadie (laughs) (laughs) when the parents arrived so barbara and her husband michael looked through the back door and they were able to see nicholas purse and keys they knocked there was still no answer so they called the police for a wellness check Police arrived before 6 p.m. at the front of the, and at the front of the house, the door was locked and the curtains were closed. So police ended up breaking in the front into the front door. Everything seemed normal inside, no signs of a struggle at first. So as they were going through the house investigating, police noticed legs sticking out of the door of the utility room. It was Harry Ooh. Fuller's body laying in a pool of blood, propped up against the washer with a coat covering his face and a white powder sprinkled over his torso Ooh, yeah and then there was more white powder in a baggie next to him there was one single bullet wound to his back so he they figured out he had actually been shot in the kitchen and then dragged into the utility room so please go ahead i was gonna say that's weird yeah i thought it was weird too Police then went upstairs and they found a trail of blood leading into Harry and Nicola's bedroom where they found Nicola's body on the floor covered up by a bloody quilt. She was shot four times, one time in the shoulder from behind and then three shots to the face. So eventually investigators determined that she was shot in her shoulder first and then she turned like turned around to look and then she was shot in the face. Yeah. How do you damn i don't even want to go there i know and it's weird that so did i guess i shouldn't get ahead of myself did they cover her up yep so Mm. i believe we'll get there in my notes i don't know how detailed i went into that because a lot of it i just had a hard time reading let alone saying yeah but yeah she was they find that she was covered up okay So the parents were quickly taken outside and obviously the investigation began. It was pretty quickly established that the couple were murdered that morning. Um, Nicola had had dinner with friends the previous night and Harry actually dropped her off and like picked her up and none of the friends noticed anything weird or, you know, off or anything like that. Nicola and Harry were excited about a trip to the Canary Islands they had coming up the next week. So it didn't seem like anything was wrong right so that morning harry fuller was seen on surveillance footage alone going into a store a few doors down to get a newspaper and cigarettes that was at 8 34 a.m 
Then he left a few minutes later. Barbara had made her first call to the house at 8.45 a.m., where the phone rang busy. There was a cafe directly next door, and the owner reported hearing bangs around 9 a.m., but thought it was just the Fullers, like, angrily banging for them to turn their radio down because the cafe had a radio that played. So the investigators narrowed the time of the shooting down to between, like, 8.35 to 9 a.m. So Harry was shot in the back, like I said. There were no signs of struggle, so investigators figured he was killed first. And that Nicola was on the landing of their house, like, up to the first floor, um, having a coffee and a cigarette before taking a shower. She was found in a towel. Mm -hmm. Um, She wasn't immediately killed and managed to crawl to her bedroom. It's likely that the killer heard movement, came into the bedroom, put the quilt over her head, and shot her one more time. Ugh. Yeah. So, So, go ahead. So, she was shot in the shoulder. So, she was first shot in the shoulder. She turns to look. She shot, I believe, twice in the head. The killer must have assumed that was that. Obviously. She was not dead. She was able to crawl to her bedroom, hence the blood trail. Oh, my gosh. The killer heard her crawling and went upstairs, put the quilt over her, shot her in the head again. There was also a bloody phone next to Nicola's body. She had tried to call 999, which is their 911. Oh, So here is some info about that. 8.34 a.m., a call comes through on the UK's emergency services 999, which is their 911, like I said. The operator answers and hears, quote-unquote, squeals and muffled talking. So the operator thinks this is a child calling and says, is mommy there? The operator could also hear what sounded like somebody walking around the room and opening and closing uh, drawers. There was six minutes of this before the operator made a note in their system of child on the line and ended the call, didn't escalate it or anything. This was against protocol. They're always supposed to send somebody out, but they didn't. Which I'll come back to later on, I believe. So because the call wasn't escalated and was marked as a child calling, it was at first thought that Nicola was killed before trying to call because... The call wasn't marked as, like, a 911 call. Right. So it wasn't, like, I don't know how to say this. It wasn't even linked to the investigation. Yeah. Um, yeah, because technically no no calls had been registered to emergency services because they thought it was just, like, a mistake. Yeah. So a bullet casing was found outside of the utility room, which is where Harry was. And ballistics... As, uh, ballistics experts were able to determine it was fired from a 32 caliber pistol investigation of the home didn't really turn up any evidence do you see monkey's tail flicking over my camera i do (laughs) uh where was i investigation of the home didn't really turn up any evidence nothing had appeared to be stolen and it didn't look like a robbery this led investigators to think that this was a murder in cold blood So there was a high school nearby on the same road where teenagers were known to hang around, but nobody noticed anything suspicious. And in the time frame, that morning time frame of like 830 to 9, there definitely would have been people around. So it was weird that nobody noticed anything. So police set up their command center and their tip line. Various witnesses came forward. They were able to come up with a sort of timeline. 630 a.m., a postal worker drove down their street 
passing by their house. The road was quiet. The postal worker was then surprised when a car that they described as like a blue Ford Escort pulled out in front of him, cutting him off from behind the Fuller's home. And then the postal worker said the driver looked like a quote unquote well-built male driver around 35 to 40. What does well-built mean? I don't know. Thick he was boy. ripped. Yeah, he's thick. I don't know. So that was at 6.30. 7.05, two tall, well-dressed men were seen getting out of a cream-colored Ford Sierra and walk up the path toward the Fuller's home. Nobody saw them leave. Just before 8 a.m., a woman was passing the backside of the home where the parking lot is and saw a black vehicle pulling into the parking lot and a man wearing a long black coat got out, but the woman didn't see where he went because she didn't really think anything of it. It's, it's a parking lot. I did my, some of my notes at like 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so these are all over the place. I should have said that. 9 a.m. A school-age girl walked by the home and she heard a door slam. Then somebody bumped into her. While that was happening, she saw another man standing by the door to the house. However, the girl was with her friend who said these two things happened on different days. So we don't really know what's up with that one. Hmm. So based on the girl's sighting and the thing about the two men in the Ford Escort, police assumed that there were two, two killers. As the investigation continued, police started digging more in depth into like who would want to hurt this sweet newlywed couple um who basically just kept to themselves they hadn't even lived at their house that long like right who would do this so police started looking into harry's background they started getting a different perspective so harry early on he had dyslexia and struggled in school but he was always good with people even as a kid and a teenager and it was said that he quote always recognized a good deal so it kind of sounds like he was destined to be like a sales guy of some sort. Yeah. Which, what does recognizing a good deal look like in a a child? I don't know. Like, oh, this candy's only 25 cents. Yeah. I must get it and I can sell it for 50 cents. Yeah. To my friend, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. So he worked as a roofer for a while before he started selling cars. And he so he would go to the car auctions and get cars to flip. He did pretty well at this. And so when the couple moved into their home, Harry was super excited because in that it had that parking lot in the back where he could store all his cars that were for sale. Right. So he dealt a lot in cash and would carry like an entire briefcase of cash instead of a wallet. Like I said, oh. he liked to show off his money. Which that I think is gross and like just kind of being dumb. Yeah. You're going to carry That's around your... a briefcase of cash? That Yeah. At that point, you're just asking to be robbed. Yeah, robbed. In my opinion. And apparently some of his business associates that he would deal with were kind of sketch. So investigators started to think the murders could be drug related because of that white powder that they found on his body. Maybe the car business that he said that he operated was just a front for, like, a drug operation. Um, some previous neighbors said Harry was a scammer because he'd make supposedly free repairs to their homes and then he would end up charging them outrageously later. Neighbors noticed he seemed kind of paranoid as of recently. He would only open the door for people he knew and would always look out the window first. 
but that's not paranoid because i do that yeah like why would i open the door for a stranger yeah i think that's very normal And then police, through their investigation, discovered that even though Harry and Nicola had only lived in this house for five months, Harry had changed their phone number three times. Ooh. The most recent one was one week before the murders. So now police are thinking Harry probably knew the murder since there were really no signs of a break-in. Um, the white powder that they found on his body, they tested it. It was not cocaine, as they th- at first thought. It was sugar, so the drug theory was ruled out. Dude, my notes are so fucking bad. I, <laughs> You know how I type my text messages and you can't understand anything? Yes. <laughs> That's how my notes are written. <laughs> I'm just trying to thug it out right now because I don't know what the fuck I wrote. Um, prior to the murders, Harry had bought a BMW to flip, and he noticed that it had a different engine and different license plates. I guess this is a big sign that it was probably stolen. So he reported this to the police, which led them to uncovering a car theft ring, which cost some of Harry's business associates money, which pissed them off. Ooh. So. Fuck. So now they're thinking, you know, this guy deals yeah. with all these different people. Like, it could be anybody. Right. Five days before the murders, Harry told police that one of his associates, Roger Lee, suspected Harry was the snitch that turned in that um, stolen car or whatever. And that the guy started giving Harry a hard time. I guess this guy was like a gangster car dealer who was known to carry a shotgun. Oh, that's casual. Just casual, super casual, yeah. Um, Roger refused to answer any questions or cooperate. He became the number one person of interest, but there was no evidence to arrest him. They ended up getting his phone records and they were able to rule him out. So he oh. had nothing to do with it. Hmm. So. That's better. Sorry. My, like, you're fine. Neck bone was going into my headboard. And- yeah. Your neck, bo- your neck bone and your head bone, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> my, my cervical spine. Yeah. Your cervix. Yeah. so stupid (laughs) okay anyway (laughs) none of this silly shit this is very serious (laughs) so five days before oh i'm sorry i already read that (laughs) chad what is wrong with me all right so police also continued investigating like the house and everything So they discovered that Harry had been recording all their phone calls. They found two different answering machines that would record, like, not even just, like, a voicemail, but, like, a call, like, between the two. Huh. So the first answering machine, there was really nothing interesting except the most recent call that was recorded said, "Um, Harry, it's Colin. I'm going to come over to, I'm going to come around tomorrow, and we're going to have a serious talk about what you did to me. I'm pretty pissed off. Which sounds really ominous. Yeah. So they ended up tracking down this Colin guy. And he explained that like three months earlier, him and Harry had a falling out. And he left that message around that time and hadn't really spoken to Harry since. So police deemed him an unlikely suspect. There was really no way to prove when this message was actually left. So they just kind of took his word for it. Mm -hmm. On the second answering machine, however, 
there was a conversation between Harry and a man named Steve from the night before the murders. So it was during that time. Remember I said Harry dropped Nicola off at dinner with her friends. So uh-huh. it was during that time when she was at dinner. So it was a male caller, um, like I said, named Steve. And the two had what sounded like a happy conversation where Steve says, like, oh, hey, I stopped over yesterday um, to see you or whatever. And Harry was like, oh, yeah, man, I was at the gym, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then they arranged for the man to come to the Fuller's home the next morning, the morning of the murders, at 8 a.m. Hmm. Hmm. If he, so if this guy had actually visited the home, he would have been at the home during that time frame of the murders. So now police are like, hmm, who is Steve? Let's try to find all the Steves that Harry knows, which he's a car dealer, so he knows a lot of people. This was pretty hard. So they put out a 10,000 pound reward for info, but still no Steve. So now a detective takes the phone that was found next to Nicola and he decides to hit redial because he's like, maybe that's going to help us find Steve. And it redials emergency services. Ooh. Because remember, she made that phone call, but they didn't know. They didn't know she had made that call. So now they realize she did call 999 and that muffled slash squealing sound on the 999 call was Nicola. She had been shot already and her jaw had been shattered and trigger warning. If you don't want to hear this, skip like five seconds. All right. Her tongue was severed. Oh, yeah. So I'll let you sit with that for a second that all that happened and she was calling 999 she was trying her hardest i know so had her call been taken seriously and had that um operator realized that it was not a child but like a person that needed help mm-hmm. the police station was like a couple blocks away she potentially could have been saved or at least the killer could have been caught right so um. now they're like they they have like no leads except for the steve and they can't find the steve so in april of 1993 there's a show called crime watch it airs an episode about the murders and it puts that phone call or i'm sorry it puts the steve phone call in it but they take the name out of it so they're basically just asking for the help yeah oh my god i wish i could fucking talk they're asking for the public's help to recognize the voice but they didn't want them to know the name like they didn't want to give they don't want to show their full hand. So a woman named Sheila is like, hmm, that guy's voice sounds like my brother-in-law, Steve Young. But oh. I don't know for sure. So she's like, I'm going to sleep on it. So she sleeps on it. And then she calls Steve Young. And she's like, hey, did you speak to Harry Fuller? And then he's like, no. She's like, well, maybe you should call police because you sound a lot like this call and like, Maybe you should just call to, like, rule yourself out or whatever. Turns out this guy used to be Harry's insurance broker in the early 80s. They lost touch and then recently came back together, dealing in business together. Oh, no. So. I don't like where this is going. Yeah. So Steve says that they had last spoken five days before the murder. They didn't speak like that night before he's saying that he was not the one on that call like he hadn't spoken to him in five days and that the morning 
of the murders he was at his office and that his secretary could corroborate so police were like okay whatever and they kind of dropped it so then another anonymous tip comes in saying again this voice is steve young so two people are saying this is this guy two days after the crime watch episode airs two officers were going out to steve's young house steve young's house to like interview him before they got there they were called back to the police station because he walked into the police station to tell them that he was steve young and then he handed them a two-page statement saying that it was him that called like on that message um he initially lied to the officers and said that he didn't call harry that evening but he had actually made an appointment for a vehicle inspection um that morning so remember how they were discussing like oh you can come over at 8 a.m yeah so he they were making an appointment for steve to come over at 8 a.m for a vehicle inspection because he was he was like an insurance broker Mm -hmm. and he was dealing with harry on his car sales like business um but he says that morning he ended up getting held up by road work and he got to the house at like 8 20 so he's running a little late he said when he got there the curtains were closed he goes up he knocks there's no answer so then he's like, I'll just go for a little walk, kill some time, walks down the road, goes back at 840, knocks again, still curtains are closed, no answer. He says he did not see anything suspicious. Um, so then he left and that he initially lied because he was scared for his own safety. They know this guy as a upstanding pillar of the community, father, husband. So he's definitely fine. Like he's definitely telling the truth. yeah so he agrees to be formally interviewed he's asked if he has any guns and he says he's the president of a local rifle club and has many guns but none matching the murder weapon so police are like "Mm, actually you're under arrest (laughs) oh love that (laughs) oh ideal police work ideal yes so they get a search warrant for his home and his office they're shocked with what they find so some of the things they find he told them like he named like six different guns that he has he's like i fully have guns so when they go in they find deactivated grenade launchers bayonets replica machine guns combat gear masks fake license plates illegal guns hidden in his kids rooms thousands of ammo rounds however no 32 caliber pistol which was the murder weapon yeah i love that he doesn't have a 32 pistol but he's got a fucking grenade launcher yeah like what is wrong with you <laughs> like <laughs> super cash yeah and also, also please please don't hide guns in your children's rooms yeah illegal guns yeah yeah he also has a reloading machine to reload his own ammo which i don't know anything about that but apparently he's like packing it yeah you can yeah and the ones he had like that they found there looked remarkably similar to the ones found at the crime scene Hmm. that's suspicious hmm ariana what are you doing here (laughs) (laughs) so they also found that steve had taken his car into the shop the day after the crime watch episode aired inside the car they find a cell phone that had made a call to the Fuller's house 8.10 the morning of the murders. So that's contradicting his story. So then remember how I said their house was like a, around like a bunch of businesses? 
they they were able to get surveillance footage from a nearby bank showing that he was lying about the timing when he went to visit Harry. Police also discover Steve Young is in hella debt and needed money bad. He owed over a hundred thousand pounds to friends and family and different businesses. Um, he owed thousands of dollars in like back insurance premiums, just owed everybody that he, he could possibly owe. And it was putting his business at risk. Two days before the murders, another insurance company rep had called Steve saying, like, I'm coming to the office to collect this debt that you owe us. And if you don't pay, we're not going to do business with you anymore. Ooh. So that happened that the insurance rep came out. Steve handed him a check for $6,000 and it cleared. Steve's bank records showed that just after the murders, he deposited $6,000 cash into his bank account. Oh, shut up. As well as paid a couple other bills, which I believe I didn't put this in, but I think it was like a a week or two prior to being murdered. Um, Harry was dealing with this lady like she wanted to go into business with him and she gave him 13 grand cash and was like, use this, like get some cars to flip. We'll split the profit like 50 50 so he had thirteen thousand dollars cash and then police when they searched his like their house they could not find that cash so now we know where that cash went yes as police searched steve's office they found a 32 caliber bullet which they confirmed was fired out of the same type of gun used in the murders steve i thought you didn't have one of those yeah why would you have that steve if you don't have if you don't have that gun So he was charged with the double murder of Harry and Nicola Fuller. Police called him the Iceman because of the way he just went about his normal life after killing two people. Like, it was just no big deal. I I fucking hate that they give these shitbags the fucking nicknames. If you don't start calling me the Iceman from now on, I'm going to off myself. Well, I'm not going to do that because we have a guy at work that has that on his helmet. Fair. So I'm not. Actually, I appreciate you for that. Yeah, we're just gonna that's that on that. <laughs> I think we have both the same. I, I don't know why I'm having a stroke right now. I think we both are on the same page. It's okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stroking. <laughs> I'm trying to read this to you. <laughs> so, trial late February 1994. So, it's like a full year later. Steve Young goes to trial, of course, as his own defense. They always got to be their own defense. Your Honor, I didn't do it. I like. Period. <laughs> so your there, Honor, your Honor nose goes. <laughs> your Honor, redneck. <laughs> your Honor. <laughs> uh, oh my God. So basically, the motive was that stop laughing i'm so sorry oh why are we like this i don't know it's silly girl hours today so their theory of his motive was he killed harry for money nicola happened to be there she was just collateral i can't think of the word for it because i take medication that gives me brain fog but you get what i'm saying she was just there collateral (laughs) damage collateral damage yes thank you the fact that i've been trying to think of that phrase for like two days now (laughs) (laughs) yeah so then he comes up with a new story so like the whole time they were like interrogating him and stuff 
his story kept changing of course so now at trial he's got a new story he says um that that morning no one answered the door so he ends up going around to the back of the house and finding harry already shot like oh it wasn't me i just like got there after the guy already did it yeah um and that he remembers that he had illegally sold harry the gun that was used like so i guess he goes into the house finds harry sees the the bullets or whatever the shell casings and he's like oh shit these are the casings from the gun that i illegally sold harry like months prior um so he panicked supposedly didn't want to get blamed for it because they could link him to that gun or have to be a witness for whoever like and have to confront whoever did it in court is what he's saying and that supposedly when he was at the house he saw an unfamiliar bald man in the window (laughs) yeah okay sure jan you know that meme (laughs) the brady punch thing or whatever i don't know so stupid this whole thing is so stupid why does it (laughs) i just like the shit that these guys just can pull out of their ass i know and then supposedly after this so like he finds this he panics he leaves and then the weeks and months following he starts getting anonymous threatening phone calls sure Mm. sure steve okay (laughs) (laughs) it was just nikki that nikki minox recording oh i know what you did yeah (laughs) so this was obviously all bullshit so the jury deliberates overnight he is found guilty he's given two life sentences but there's a little twist are you ready for the shit is it gonna make me mad or is it gonna make me happy um maybe mad maybe happy i don't know we'll see oh okay it's interesting so for weeks after the trial one of the jurors so obviously there's like 12 jurors or whatever right one of them his name's adrian he had something that was really weighing heavy on him and just like eating away at him that he needed to get off his chest so he thinks about it he ends up coming out with this big secret despite like when you're a juror you're not allowed to talk about anything from deliberations like you know what i mean The night of the jury deliberations, the jurors were sequestered to a hotel room, which is not weird. This is apparently normal. They were, of course, going back and forth, guilty versus innocent, deliberating as they do. After this, they had dinner at the hotel and they had some drinks and things got a little too cash. So they start talking about seances and who has done one before, sharing their stories, etc. So Adrian has a little too much to drink. He goes to bed. He's like, I can't hang. But there was another group of four jurors who went to one of their rooms and they decided to hold their own seance. They made their own Ouija board out of paper and they used a wine glass as a planchette. They asked if there were any spirits present. The planchette said yes. They asked the spirit to identify themselves and it spelled out Harry Fuller. Ooh. They asked, who killed you? It spelled out, Stephen Young did it. They asked what they should do. The response was, vote guilty tomorrow. So apparently this was, like, so intense that some of them, like, started to cry and were like, we took it too far. So they ended the seance and they went back to their rooms. So Adrian, the next morning, was 
he overheard them talking about this and at first he thought it was funny but then when they actually found steve young guilty he really started to like reflect on it and think like did did we do this for the right reason type of thing like do do people actually think he's guilty or do are they just like thinking of yeah whatever the seance so four weeks after the trial adrian wrote an anonymous letter to the court telling them everything and he also went to a local tabloid giving them the whole story so the tabloid published their story and it was titled get ready booze dirty jokes and the ouija board that's all our favorite things love that (laughs) i need i need that on a shirt same so this allegation was taken very seriously because as we all know when you're on a jury you're not even allowed to like be online or really watch tv like they don't want you to see like anything that could bias you let alone quote unquote seeking other evidence so like talking about the case to anybody living or dead yeah so they launched a full investigation and they investigated it for six months the court determined that while the jury had misbehaved there was nothing criminal steve young's legal team did not agree they appealed he got a retrial so now harry and nicholas family has to relive all this bullshit because the jurors decided to be silly gooses and get and get drunk and do a ouija board yes Eight months later, whole new jury, once again, unanimously, he is found guilty for both murders, two life sentences. The judge calls him a cold-blooded killer. So there are theories out there saying that Steve Young is innocent. I guess in 2004, Steve's, he's trying to appeal or whatever. His new defense team hired an audiologist to analyze that 999 call made by Nicola. And apparently they found that you could hear two sets of footsteps rifling around the home during that rather than just one if it was just hair or just um what's his face steve so apparently you can hear two sets of footsteps and two people speaking to each other but you can't really hear what they're saying but Mm -hmm. only one word you can understand and it's here so maybe he was working with an accomplice maybe he was i don't know he was found guilty twice i think he's guilty yeah like i think it's pretty clear he's guilty and even if he did have an accomplice and the only thing they can hear from that call is here, that's probably them finding the money. Exactly. Yeah. And then um, there's a section here where Monkey walked over my keyboard and it says F-R-G-G-G-G-G-G. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last little section here, within two years of, I think, his first appeal, both of Nicola's parents, I believe her mother suffered from a heart attack and then her father a stroke and had to go through like physical therapy and stuff because of how much stress basically that they were put under with this and then ending with barbara's or i'm sorry barbara so nicola's mother she told crime watch that when she sits out in her garden in the sun she feels like she can see nicola isn't that sweet yes so sad it just breaks my heart because you know, there was absolutely no good reason for either one of them to die, but yeah, like, Nicola. couldn't he have just robbed them? Honestly. Like, why couldn't he have just robbed them? Set up a meeting with Harry somewhere else, get him out of the house. Like, I feel like if you tried, you could come up not with Not even, you know, not even that. He, they were going on that trip to the islands 
what yeah the, in a week. the week after yeah but he probably knew that uh harry had that money and he didn't want to risk harry yeah. like depositing it or something so he probably had to act now but still like just rob them yeah not Why yeah them? stupid Maybe don't don't be a shitbag don't do shitty business yeah be good at insurance yeah and don't get in so much debt yeah if you're good at your job you know how to manage your money like a broker would do maybe the money is actually just the friends he made along the way (laughs) all right i'm gonna go ahead and get off here now (laughs) i'll see myself out (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's the story of the murders of nicola and harry fuller and the ouija board jurors I left that little snippet out of the beginning. Yeah, no, I this was not the case I thought it was. Yeah, I didn't think it was. Damn. Yep. It was a lot. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. And a giant fuck you, Steve. Yep. Um, What do you think of the Ouija board? Like, do you think they actually talked to Harry? Or do you think they were just really drunk and like... I think they were super drunk. Insane. And I think they all had their minds made up. Yeah. Which I, I think is fair. Like, I I think he was guilty. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe they were just looking for that little bit of confirmation. Because I feel yeah. like that's a lot to like... I've never been on a jury, but to be in that position where you have to judge somebody and sentence them. Like, yeah, that's a especially, lot. Especially a murder trial. Yeah. And then they had to listen to the 999 call, so I'm sure that yeah. was really fucked up to listen to. They're just probably trying to cope and like make it lighten the mood, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Which is fair because I mean, we do that. Yeah. Me I saying mean, I'm going to kill myself every 5 minutes. Yeah. Oh, that was horrific. Yep. Well, I'm going to try to lighten the mood. I hope you can do that for us. I really do. We are going to talk about another haunted doll. Uh oh. It's not PTD, is it? No, it's not PTD. RTD. <gasps> Roberto? Roberto, the iconic Robert the doll. Slay. Um, sorry, my mic's all crooked. Sorry same (laughs) (laughs) so as of 2024 robert the doll is approximately 121 oh he's the big he's the big one two one the one two one legally (laughs) able to drink now oh my god how much is that in dog years (laughs) 47 i don't know um old (laughs) hi Um, a lot yes too many for me to count same i can't even count that high yes um so again he's iconic everybody knows robert the doll and if you don't you're a loser yes and you will after listening to this we love you let me learn you something yeah um some even claim him as the most haunted doll ever Ooh, i said annabelle who annabelle who shadow wait doll of shadows who yeah 
he puts her to shame i don't want to talk shit about her no i don't either love you doll of shadows she intimidates me to this day slay queen me just going because i keep trying to say slay i'm having a stroke slay queen just don't slay me don't slay me (laughs) (laughs) um so robert's origins um are kind of like up in the air he was originally a toy made at the if i say this wrong i'm so sorry it's a german company Uh um, but it's the stife company um Hmm. they are the same toy maker that first manufactured a teddy bear in honor of theodore roosevelt oh okay I i did not know that okay fun little snippet um robert was most likely never intended to be sold as a toy um and that was quoted from one of the historians um he said that he was most likely fabricated to be part of a window display oh he's Uh, a decoration not a toy yes same (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) i don't know what's come over me today (laughs) do you do you ever see that one meme on facebook like that one me on facebook where that was just like that witch and she's just like completely raggedy and she's got that sign that says do not touch the witch fragile or something like that no, i don't think i've seen that same though oh my god hold on find it and send it to me oh here it is please do not play with the witch she is fragile yep relatable <laughs> yep that even kind of looks like us. Okay, so our story. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Unfortunately. Me, Thursday going into our Friday. Yeah. Or Thursday going into our five day, not Friday. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so our story begins in the early 1900s. But again, there are conflicting stories on how Robert Eugene Otto, who is Robert the doll's owner. They both both name Robert, but robert eugene goes by gene so we're gonna call him gene from now on okay so there was conflicting stories on how gene obtained him one story is that he was a birthday gift from gene's grandfather who bought him on a business trip in germany the other one is probably the more known story and it was that he was a gift from the family maid and we'll get back we'll get back to that one okay um the home where eugene lived is now called the artist house um it was built in 1890 or i'm sorry it was built between 1890 and 1898 which fun fact it's now a bed and breakfast when gene was only about 10 years old he woke up to find Robert the doll sitting at the end of his bed, staring at him. Oh. Immediately, no. Giving Dear David. <laughs> I'm still traumatized by that. Yeah, I know. Moments later, his mother was awakened by his screams for help and the sounds of furniture being overturned in Jean's bedroom. Oh, no, thank you. 
Gene cried out for help, begging his mother to rescue him. She was unable to get the door open for a long period of time, but when she was finally able to get the door unlocked, she saw Gene curled up in a ball on his bed. His room just completely and like just destroyed. And Robert the doll, again, sitting at the foot of his bed. Oh, God. The only words Gene was able to muster up. Robert did it. Were, quote, Robert did it. Robert did it. Robert did it. Robert did it. Oh, my God. I just got the goosebumps. This is my story, and I got the goosebumps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This would, Robert did it would be something that is would be something that iconic parents yeah his parents heard this more often than not things would constantly be happening in the home and gene would just blame robert gene's parents would often hear their son upstairs talking to the doll and getting a response back in a totally different voice oh absolutely not (laughs) I know. You have this 10-year-old. He's like, hey, Robert, do you want to play Barbies with me? And then Robert's Absolutely. like... Absolutely. Yeah. Did I send you that, that TikTok? <laughs> Sorry, I always have to bring up a TikTok. People probably hate me. But that TikTok where it's the where it's like, um, play this if you feel unsafe in an Uber. And then it's the guy going, hello, darling. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's like, no. I'm out of prison. <laughs> I, I love those those tiktoks when it's like play this if you feel unsafe in an uber my favorite one was that one girl who's she's like hey are you almost here did you bring my uzi with the extended clip <laughs> i'm gonna send you i the one love I, that one i'm gonna send you later the one i saw last night it's so fucking funny <laughs> it's like the, it's like then you respond oh no my dark lord like <laughs> just so stupid <laughs> So yeah, um, he would talk to Robert and get a response back in a different voice. Uh, they reported seeing the doll speaking, or they they reported seeing the doll doll speak and witnessing his expression change. Again, I don't like again, that. I, yeah, again, I say <clears throat> no, no, thank you. Giggling and sightings of Robert running up the steps or staring out the upstairs window were also reported. That's disgusting. The giggling. Would it's be giving the, dear David. Yeah. The giggling is enough for me. Yeah, me too. Um, Robert continued to live with Gene throughout his entire lifetime. And after Gene's parents died, um, Gene um, inherited his family house. So he moved back to that original home with his wife Anne. now Anne was not robert's biggest fan Hmm. fair enough yeah i think that's Um, very fair she felt uneasy with robert in the house and although she couldn't put her finger on it she wanted gene to lock the doll up in the attic where he couldn't do any harm but before that Gene decided that the doll needed to have a room of his own and placed 
placed him in the upstairs room that had a window overlooking the street. So he gets a view. That's nice. Yes. So keep that in mind. Okay. After Ian confronted him about, like, this doll needs to be in the attic, like, yesterday, Gene was like, all right. So he locked Robert in the attic, and Robert, Robert was pissed. I would be, too. Um, soon, visitors in the house would hear footsteps in the attic, um, the sounds of someone pacing back and forth. And again, devilish giggling. Yuck. I'm going to throw up. Yuck. Neighborhood children reported seeing Robert watching them from the window in the upstairs bedroom and told accounts of the doll actually mocking them as they walked to school. Hate that. When Gene heard this, he immediately went to investigate, knowing that he had locked Robert in the attic and there was no way he could be sitting in the window in the upstairs room. But when he entered that bedroom, sure enough, there was Robert sitting in the rocking chair by the window. Again, no. He said, this is is my room. Yeah. He said, you gave this to me, dad. It's mine. Get out of my room. No take backs. Yeah. So... Again, Gene locked Robert back up in the attic several times, each time discovering he'd be sitting in the window. In I his room. hate that. So, again. Oh, no, I lied. I skipped a part. Conflicting, nope. conflicting rumors surfaced alleging that Gene's wife eventually passed away from quote insanity after locking robert in the attic while others report that gene died with robert by his side no absolutely not yeah i don't like that um gene otto passed away in 1974 and a new owner moved into the house with their 10 year old daughter Uh she was super excited to find robert the doll in the attic Oh my god, why would you, first of all, I know what Robert the doll looks like. Why would you be excited to find that in your attic? Yeah. But you gotta think, he doesn't look like that. He didn't look like that then. Okay. I guess that's fair, but yeah. Still. Um, the, the article said, her delights ended soon when she claimed that Robert was alive and that the doll wanted to hurt her. She awoke often in the middle of the night, screaming in fear, and her and told her parents that Robert had moved about in the room. Robert did it. Yeah. Not long after that, Robert the doll was donated to the Fort East Martello Museum, where he lives to this day. Good and for him. A, I don't know if I said this, but this is all in Key West, Florida. Oh, no, I don't think you did. I did not know he was in Key West yes he's a boy. i'm jealous of him um visitors from all over the world come to see him again he's an icon iconic many believe that the origin of robert's evil lies in the one person who originally gave him to gene and this is again the most popular version of the story which is the servant or maid who worked for Jean's parents. 
This woman was supposedly mistreated by her bosses, and to punish them, it's believed that she cursed the doll with voodoo and black magic. It sounds like she might have. Yeah. Um, Robert the doll continues to taunt and scare those who come to view him, especially guests who come to the museum to take photos. Many reports, many report their camera is not working and then as soon as they leave they work fine yeah he's currently living in a glass case where he needs to remain yep good for him staff members report that robert's facial expressions change hearing demonic giggling and have even seen robert put his hands up to the glass disgusting i'm gonna throw up (laughs) um Robert's current favorite mischievous act involves casting curses on those who take his photo without first asking permission. To date, the walls near his glass case are covered in numerous letters from previous visitors and naysayers begging for Robert's forgiveness and asking him to remove any hex he has cast on them. Sounds like maybe you shouldn't take his picture. Again disgusting leave him be he don't be a paparazzi he does not like paparazzi yes um but far from banishing robert his arrival at the museum marked a turning point for the doll since he arrived visitors have flocked to get a look at him he's appeared on tv shows um he's had his aura photographed okay i didn't know they did that i should have looked into that more yeah, I'm um, really curious what color his aura was. I'm. I should look it up. I'll look it up here in a minute. Okay. Um, he's a stop on a ghost tour, and he also inspired a horror movie. He has a week Wikipedia entry and social media accounts. There's also you can also buy like replicas of him, books, coasters, T-shirts, etc. Um. And the most dangerous, or I'm sorry, the most adventurous can even volunteer to be locked in with Robert after dark. Would you do it? No. No? Zero chance I would do that. <laughs> and some do. And they write to him. Um, Corey, if I say this, I'm so, if I say this wrong, I'm sorry. I can't read. Corey can vertito is the curator of the museum and robert's personal caretaker uh she says he probably gets one to three letters every day wow uh but they aren't typical fan letters they often they're often apologies many visitors attribute post-visit misfortunes to um failing to respect robert or even openly disrespecting him like talking shit to his face Mm mm-hmm um, and then they write begging for forgiveness. Others ask him for advice or occasionally she'll get one. <laughs> I thought I thought this was funny. She'll get one or two that ask Robert to put a hex on somebody that's wronged them. <gasps> Ooh. Which terrifies me. Yeah, because I feel like he would just do it to me. Yeah. 
Um, she says that they've received more than a thousand letters and they keep and catalog each one. Can you hear he a also- dog dog barking? No, I don't. Okay, good. Robert also receives emails and packages. Um, at some point it became known that Robert had a sweet tooth, so people leave and send him candy. Um, he once received a box containing eight bags of peppermints, a card, and no return address. Guests leave him sweets, money, and occasionally joints, which love that. Um, she says, please don't do this. We're still a museum. once a year she does have to administer a checkup on him so she has to take him out of the case to weigh him and assess whether the humid florida weather has adversely affected his straw-filled body and she's also the one that goes through and um reads his letters and emails and stuff and she Uh runs his social media accounts as well well, I will be following him on Instagram. Obviously. In 2021, a new glass case was donated by, quote, a big fan of Robert's. <laughs> Robert, big fan. It's equipped with humidity and UV control to help okay. preserve him. Um, but she said it has not changed his personality at all. To date, they still receive regular reports of evil doing from him um she's and she says occasionally she will respond to some of the emails and letters on robert's behalf she tries to send something to every child who writes to him saying quote gene always had that childlike temperament around him and we feel like robert would want to be kind to children oh fair um, and she said she also respond- responded, she also tries to respond to more, like, more of the sadder ones. Um, she uh, she noted that there was one that stuck out to her, that there was a little girl at school that was being bullied. Aww. And she wrote to Robert the doll, so she wrote back to him, to her. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, to this date, you can visit Robert the doll at that museum and be nice to him ask ask, permission ask permission because consent is everything right consent is everything and a lack of the word no does not mean yes correct so this is random but i was trying to look up look up robert's aura and i stumbled upon this little story on reddit from somebody talking about how they went and visited him and I'm going to read it. Hopefully we don't get sued. But it was on the thread r slash paranormal. And it looks like the user was done myth sis. So there's your credit. Um, It's short. I just okay. want to read it. It's kind of creepy. That's fine. It says me, my wife and son took a trip to Key West driving down from Orlando. During our visit, we heard about Robert, so we made a visit to the museum on our way out of town. My wife is very superstitious and was really nervous when we got the Robert, when we got the, got to the Robert exhibit. I was teasing her, and I guess that pissed Robert off. When we went to leave, our car wouldn't start. 
This was a luxury car, bought new, and was less than a year old, so I was really taken aback. My wife was freaking out. AAA arrives and tests the battery. It's dead. He goes to remove it, and the battery connectors just crumble because they are so corroded. He says he's never seen connectors that bad. He went to work on the car, and I went back into the museum to apologize to Robert. The museum staff wasn't surprised at all about the situation. Happens all the time. Oh, just casual. Just yeah. Casual year old luxury car, the battery connectors just crumble. Yeah. Robert says we don't like dickheads. He says Sorry. your wife is right. Always. As per usual. And don't tease her about me. Yes, because I will be following you. Yeah. He says now have fun paying to get your car fixed. Yes. Um actually, you know what? Hold on a second. There was, I forgot, for whatever reason, my dumbass didn't put it in in here, but um, basically there was one article saying that it's most likely that the black magic voodoo is more, the more likely story Mm -hmm. based on obviously everything in... One of the questions a lot of people ask is, like, if it was to this family, then why hasn't it diminished since the family's gone? Mm -hmm. But with, like, black magic and hexes and everything, if if it's on an item, I don't think it's... I think it's stuck with that item and not yeah. just that family. Yeah, it would. I would think that if an item is cursed, then the item is cursed. Yeah, wherever it goes. Yeah, but that's just me. So I and I'm really stupid. So like, don't take my word for it. But yeah, that was Robert the doll. I mean, we he's, know him. He's spooky. We know him. We love him. He's iconic. He's now, terrifying. Now I fell down a rabbit hole of Reddit, a Reddit hole, if you will looking up robert the doll accounts <laughs> and i'm now i'm scared i know i wanted to read a lot of reddit stories from him but i don't know the copyright i don't know either i think we should just do it and just give full credit and like say the username and everything and like link the story directly i don't know like please don't sue us please don't sue us here you go or maybe we could try emailing or like messaging the person yeah, to ask sure. permission maybe yeah I don't know, but a lot of the stuff on there is, like, years old, and it'll be from, like, a burner account. Yeah. Other podcasts do it. I'm just scared to get sued. Yeah. It was just email them. Please don't be mad at me. I'm just a girl. We don't have any money, so good luck. Yeah. Good luck suing us. Huh. Well, that was creepy. Yeah. Robert's creepy. And I'm pretty sure he was on Ghost Adventures. Oh, I'm sure he was. Absolutely. I'm sure he was. Love a good Ghost Adventures. Yes. Zach Bagging's that TikTok account. Yep. Sarah Wines a lot TikTok account. Yes. Love them. Oh, my goodness. Well, happy 30th birthday. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> oh, my God. You had to remind me again yeah i did i sure did i meant happy 20th sorry oh that's better thank you it's a lot better you're no longer a teenager how do you feel oh <laughs> <laughs> uh nobody better mention it to me when i turn oh bitch that age. <laughs> just you wait <laughs> i'll never be that age 
I am a teenager forever. Hi, Sadie. Hi, bitch. <laughs> What's up, bitch? Bitch. <laughs> Baker, what the fuck do you want, dude? Oh, I know what you want. Don't you dare say it. Baker. What's he want? P-O-T-T-Y. <gasps> He's no. got to do his, his poops and peas? Yes. <laughs> but the second I say P-O-T-T-Y, he's going to just... Zoomies? Oh, my God. Yeah. He it. will destroy the house. Like, just... <laughs> like a tornado? Sound... Yes. It will sound like a straight-up freight train. And I'm like... Like, I did that yesterday, and I... We'll have to send you a picture of this scratch on my foot because I was barefoot yesterday. So apparently, it's summertime now. I like it. It's disgusting. I'm happy about it. But he like stepped on my foot and just I almost had to cut my leg off. You might still have to. I. It's tempting. Yeah. Baker, we're not gonna say it. Can I say it? Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. I'll have to record. I'll record when I do it. Yeah. Do you have to go? Because he'll like, if I'll say, do you have to go? And he'll like stop and he'll just like his ears raise. He knows. He knows. Do you have to go? (laughs) (laughs) You have to go. (laughs) And they just get a kick out of it. Yeah. You have to go. (laughs) He has to go. He's like, yeah, I really fucking do have to go. (laughs) Yeah. So let's go on with it he's like i'm glad my pain is humorous to you but i'm yeah. gonna piss in the house if you don't take me he's like now i'm gonna pee on your pillow <laughs> if you don't take me um you know what's gonna happen i'm just gonna go pee and poop because you didn't take me outside like a normal person i'm saying yep period 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 slay <laughs> yes hunty hunty did i send you that thing that was like um no i don't think i did i'll have to send you it i saved it but it was like i asked chat gpt to explain 9-11 to me as um rupaul oh my god (laughs) i was crying oh i cannot wait for that i will be sending you that asap as soon as we get off here so Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you want to keep up with us, follow us on social media. Instagram, Eerie Thoughts with a Zero. TikTok, Eerie.Thoughts.Pod. Facebook, Eerie Thoughts Podcast. Me on Instagram, Q-V-E-E-N-B-I-N-C-H. Sam on Instagram, S-A-M-M underscore S-T-O-R-A-D 1415. And then email us at EerieThoughtsPod at gmail.com. That's all I got. Yes, that's it. That's it. That's all of them. For a second, I was going to say, are you guys still recording or um, are you guys just talking? Um, We're still recording. <laughs> uh, cut the cut. It is recording. <laughs> Did you hear Baker? No. He said, hurry up, Mom. He said, I have to go. Right now. Right now. If you don't take me, you know what's going to happen, lady. He's going to poop in in Sadie's shoe. I almost called her Shady. Shady Sadie. (laughs) Oh.
She liked that. <laughs> no? <laughs> Shady Sadie, I like it. Has a nice ring to it. Oh, Baker's like, hurry up, I I'm looking outside to ready to go. I'll jump out the window. Okay. Well, I guess we should probably end this. Uh, All right. Say bye, bitches. Yep. Bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. (laughs) Bye, bitch, Rachel. Sadie.